0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. What I do here is a daily live stream and I put it out in podcast form. If you want to take part in the live streams, you can follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner or, better yet, go to the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Also, check out the website, bitcoinandmarkets.com. Sign up for the free tier, get notified of all my content, get a free weekly newsletter. And there you can also become a full member and support me for $5 a month and support this unique perspective in Bitcoin. So I have been in Bitcoin for almost 10 years. I have an economics and business background as well as a military career. So I have a unique perspective, a unique outlook. And if you listen to this whole episode today, you'll get a taste of that unique outlook. So I want to thank everyone that supports over there on bitcoinandmarkets.com. If you're new, I hope you enjoy the episode, subscribe, like, share, check out BitcoinandMarkets.com. Okay, let's get into today's show. All right, today is December 16th, 2022. I did not put out a newsletter on Monday. This week was kind of hectic, so I'm I'm writing it today, getting it, getting it out. It should be out here in the next little bit. Also, yesterday's live stream will be out in podcast form. Uh, later today, I might do a live stream tomorrow we 'll see because i i'm not putting out the f o m c live stream If you guys joined me on that day, it was horrible because I had so many technical difficulties. Uh, we only heard maybe five minutes of Powell and about fifteen minutes of me fumbling around with my phone trying to play play the audio but anyway so i 'm not i didn't publish that one. So I'm kind of one short this week. So I think I might do a live stream tomorrow morning or something like that. But anyway, let's do a quick run through of what is going to be on the report. Uh, And then I have just a couple other stories that I want to go through. And it's going to be open mic for whoever wants to talk about any sort of subject. Try to keep it to Bitcoin and macro. So on on the newsletter, first up is the headline section. And, I mean, I think this week, maybe the last 10 days, has been dominated by Bitcoin's detractors, right? There's been a lot of FUD out there. And people like Dylan LeClaire, who is not, he's obviously a Bitcoiner, okay? he So far, I mean, he's brand new to the space. I think the kid's only 21 years old. Or the man. The man is 21 years old. But... Uh he has been, you know, really trying to break the news of Binance. So he's been on top of that the whole time. And everybody is jumping on board. Even Corey Clipson is really starting to say, hey, he's thinking that they're insolvent. I, I still don't know. I mean, I haven't been watching Twitter very closely today, but um the latest I've seen is the auditors left. They weren't auditors, they were just gonna give an attestation to their balance sheet and i guess they have dropped binance as a client so that's the most recent i've heard but that doesn't tell me a lot because the same sort of thing happened to tether Um, tether had a real big problem finding anybody that would do these attestations and one of the problems here is jurisdictional arbitrage if you give these big auditing firms At least this is what I think is the problem. If you give these big auditing firms access to all of your accounts and things, I mean, the jurisdiction, like there's different regulations in Europe versus South America versus uh, the U.S. versus China. You know, there's all sorts of different um, regulations that you have to worry with, uh, worry about. And if you are showing people your bank accounts, then maybe some regulators are going to come after you. And especially in the wake of this FTX thing, maybe they're getting some pressure from U.S. regulars. I don't know. Like, that was the problem with Tether, I think, was they didn't want to give the auditor full access to their books. And there might be some sort of immunity that's granted to these companies. I don't know. But, I mean, if you're going up against the United States government, the DOJ, the New York Attorney General, these type of players, the FBI they can bend the rules, whatever they want to do. So uh, yeah, I think that could have something to do with it, but um, I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point. If Binance turns out to be solvent, guys, it is going to be a huge, huge bonus to the space, I think, uh, to Bitcoin, not to the space, but to the Bitcoin industry. The more that this goes on, the more it's turning into the Bitcoin industry or the Bitcoin sector, whatever, instead of space crypto is definitely getting getting taken down a notch by this and that is extremely important going forward we need to separate crypto and bitcoin there is no substitute for bitcoin crypto is not a substitute for bitcoin it is scams bitcoin is not crypto crypto is not bitcoin so that we need to really drive that home and i think this whole thing with ftx i mean he is like the poster child of crypto not the poster child of Bitcoin. What else do I write about on the report? So I talk about all the detractors. Of course, I talk about George Gammon just a little bit because he is, he continued. I saw another thing where he was bad-mouthing Bitcoiners. So maybe he's just trying to get this uh, engagement from the Bitcoiners. Maybe everyone's in a bear market, including macro people like George Gammon, you know? So uh, maybe he's just trying to get some engagement from Bitcoiners and build some controversy to pump his numbers. I don't know. Of course, the Elizabeth Warren bill, we covered that already. And the macro headlines are CPI, FOMC, nothing we haven't talked about twice already this week. So in the price section, I go through a few charts. I can post them actually here. Here we go. Jumping in here quick on the edit before we start talking about these charts, you can find them all at bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E-283. That's for episode 283. We'll put these into the telegram. So there is the four-hour chart. And you can see that the Bitcoin price has kind of trended. It trended sideways slightly higher, uh, which is what I was expecting for this this last week or 10 days then the CPI pump that really pumped up the price and then we had the FOMC rate hike decision pretty much right at the top and now on the way down we've had kind of piling on of Binance fud so we'll see we'll see what happens but overall I don't I don't see the price collapsing let's go to some other charts that you might not have seen um here's one I did include this Same indicator last week or last issue. This is the pivots. And the way the pivots work is the range that the price is in the last period, they take the median value and that is now the pivot. Price tends to go towards the pivot, be drawn towards that pivot, which is the median of the previous period's range. It happens over and over and over again. Just go look at the chart, turn on the pivot indicator. And you'll see this happen over and over. The pivot just happened to be at like 18,100 or something. And it hit that. And now it's falling. So, uh, And then the other ones are the standard deviations above and below, which it does sometimes hit. Like if you look back at the previous period, when we went down from the FTX thing, we hit several standard deviations lower. uh, But it did stop at that third standard deviation. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting chart. Um, what else we got here? Weekly chart. The weekly candle is not looking great. So I'm going to post a couple of these. This is the first weekly chart, just standard with the bullish divergence bars on there. That candle does not look good. Like this weekly candle does looks absolutely atrocious. Like if I think if a neutral person, uh, you know, Technical analysts would look at the sea and be like, oh my God, that's a horrible candle. This is going down. So that doesn't look good for the weekly, but we still have time. We still have a couple of days to bounce if we're going to bounce. Next one, the Ichimoku cloud. Now this, there is a guy in Bitcoin, Carpe Noctum. I think he's still on Twitter, Carpe Noctum. And he really, man, maybe back in 2016, he was a big guy on YouTube that was doing the technical analysis for Bitcoin and and his favorite thing was the cloud. And so I got into this indicator a little bit, but he used extended settings on this because of the 24 seven nature of Bitcoin. It's a little bit different, obviously than stocks closer to futures, but futures still has closing times every day. And then it has a 36-hour period on the weekend that it's closed, so uh, it is different. But anyway, the this is the cloud with extended settings. And what I did was on the first chart, the top. I just shared it in the Telegram. On the first chart that's showing right now on the weekly cloud, we're getting close to this twist in the cloud. The twist is typically less resistance for price. So the thicker the cloud, the more support or resistance it should offer. But anyway, you can see we're we're headed towards that twist. And if you zoom and on the weekly, those these twists don't happen very often. The last time we were in a position like this was back in 2018 when we hit the bottom. And you can see that twist happened right pretty much at the bottom or close to the bottom. We were done, we were starting to come up. So if that is kind of a similar time frame, similar market structure. Back then to today, that I think is somewhat bullish, okay, this is definitely uh, going woo-woo on the technical analysis, but from a cloud perspective, I think this is a similar position on the chart that we were back at the bottom back in 2018. so that's and this again, this is the weekly cloud, so it's just one indicator on one time frame, but the longer the time frame you go, the stronger the signals tend to be you know? So anyways, uh, that, that was that one. Then let's see what other charts I have. The dollar, you guys don't need to see that, you know, all about the dollar stock market, you know, all about that treasury yields oil. Okay. So those are all like kind of the charts I talk about and my price conclusion. This is uh you don't even have to read the report this, this week. Um, the conclusion is overall minus a growing but still minority risk of a major company like Binance collapsing. I'm expecting the Bitcoin price to regain its slight upward trend off the lows. The risk of slightly lower prices remains elevated. And even with a Binance blow up, I don't expect a massive crash in the Bitcoin price. So that is my overall conclusion. All right. What other stuff do we have on here? There's some big mining news. Of course, you guys heard about the Japanese power company, the largest power company in Japan. Uh, They were the power company that was in charge of Fukushima. Um, So anyway, they're trying to turn some surplus energy into Bitcoin. And so now they're going to be mining with surplus energy over there in Japan. I think that's a pretty big deal. This article by Bitcoin Magazine, they go into talking not only about this energy company, but like ExxonMobil and some of these big, uh, I think it was ConocoPhillips and ExxonMobil that are actively mining Bitcoin at a decent scale in the United States right now. And all of these power companies and energy producing companies are getting involved in the Bitcoin mining game. Now, that is just another stakeholder. When you talk about the Bitcoin industry and you think about Elizabeth Warren and her just absolutely atrocious Bill that she introduced uh, to the Senate or whatever um, I mean the stakeholders aren't just small guys you know the the cypherpunks that are coding right that that's not the stakeholders anymore. ExxonMobil is a stakeholder in Bitcoin, so is fidelity, so are all these gigantic companies that are dealing with bitcoin uh so are the billionaires. That own Bitcoin. And I've talked about the billionaires before. You know, out of the top, say, 20 richest people in the United States, probably 10 of them owned some Bitcoin. So, I mean, the, these are the stakeholders now. And the the likes of Elizabeth Warren, they don't have any power anymore. So, anyway, that was a story here out of Japan. What else do we have? I just talk a little bit about. Bitcoin mining in Africa, I don't follow mining as much as I should. I know some people in the space, mining is like the major topic and using mining like this Kenya story where they have made electricity generation profitable for this village and they brought more energy to the village. They made it economical through Bitcoin mining. Like these are huge, huge stories. They flip the script on just what is possible, right? Um, I've talked about just recently about like the technology can change the way we interact with our environment, you know? And so this is a huge game changer. Bitcoin mining is going to make certain more impoverished places less impoverished because they flip the script on profitability of certain activities that, the economical nature of certain activities and so i think this is a great example of that um, but i don't spend as much time on bitcoin mining as i should i should spend more what else do we have here uh, core scientific was bailed out their large public bitcoin miner they got a 72 million dollar loan i guess it's 40 million and with conditional 32 million on top of that but they have to like to get the 32 million they have to like stop paying their equipment vendor or something like that or renegotiate with their equipment vendor to not pay on their equipment under 18,500 for a bitcoin price so very interesting what's going on there but they did get a bailout so i mean again these are big numbers okay i rem- i was in bitcoin When if somebody got like a $3 million deal from a VC or something, that was like huge, huge news. Huge news. Now uh, this is just a bailout of one of the public Bitcoin miners for $72 million. I mean, that it just blows my mind at how entrenched this is getting. It gets bigger and bigger. Then you get add more and more zeros to these businesses. And like, there is no stopping it. The time to ban Bitcoin, like the Elizabeth Warren, like if she wanted to come out with a bill like this, the best time would have been 2012. Right. And then Mount Gox would have blown up 2000 end of 2013. And that would have been a huge impetus towards really regulating this stuff. But it is, it's out of the bag here. There is no going back. The the reason why they couldn't do it back then is because they were already years and years behind. You know, they're already four, five, six years behind. They're dealing with their corruption that they're doing on a daily basis in their political game. They're not worried about Bitcoin. It's a joke. It was a joke back then. And now it's too big. You know, it just is that mind virus that got in there and it got too big. And now it's, it's out. I it's Like when COVID had come to the US and they were do, starting to do testing and you saw like one or two cases, then you saw five cases, then you saw 20 cases a day. And by that time you're like, well, it's over. You know, this is going to burn through the population and you can't stop it. It's the same with Bitcoin. When you look at this, you know, that was the time to stop it back then. Now it's just, it's got, it's going to burn through the population. That's what's going to happen here. Now we have half of the billionaires. We're going to have all the billionaires. You know, we're going to have all the big banks. We're going to have all the, every single pension fund. Like if you're running a pension fund, say you're in Norway or Sweden or something, and Japan, like they have a big national pension fund. Let's say you have this gigantic pension fund. Are are you going to invest in mortgage-backed securities? Like let's say five or 10 years from today. Are you going to invest in mortgage-backed securities or are you going to invest in Bitcoin? Number go up technology, right? So I think there is just a huge, huge market that's about to turn, that's about to figure this out, that's about to jump on board. And all of these VCs as well, all these VCs. We said this back in the day. I remember Tone Vey saying this back probably 2015. And he said... You know, that's when all these ICOs were getting in, uh, starting to get some more traction, and VCs were putting $5 million into this coin, $10 million into this coin. And he, he was like, these people are just going to find out it's much better instead of funding these companies, just buy Bitcoin, you know, just like what um, MicroStrategy has done. Just buy the Bitcoin. That is the best way to profit from this space. Is just to buy the Bitcoin. If you're an entrepreneur personally. Yeah go out there and do, do your thing. And try to raise money and, and whatever. But these big venture cap. They would have done so much better. Just buying the Bitcoin. And you just buy it and hold it for 10 years. And you know. You'll 100x your money. But anyways. Um, what else do we have here? Difficulty hash rate. It does look like the difficulty is going to go back up. About 4%. So we had a pretty big dip on the last one negative seven percent but it looks like it's going to claw back almost five percent of that uh let's see when is that coming two days from now so that's this interesting I mean mining even though with all despite all of this price pressure and all of this um stock market pressure you know on on the public Bitcoin miners hash rates still right up there it's still up there very close to all-time highs it's not far off right now probably what like ten percent off all-time highs Okay, Lightning Network. A couple of the articles I just pulled out here were, uh, of course, the Strike thing doing Africa remittance. So the, the quote here is Bitcoin app Coin Corner said in a statement Monday that it had enabled Send Globally, a feature that lets foreign users instantly and cheaply send remittances to Africa for its EU and UK customers. Uh, they go through Strike, and Strike last week enabled Send Globally. For its U.S. users, letting them instantly transfer money to bank accounts in Nigeria, Ghana, and Kenya with minimal fees. All right. So that was something cool. Um, Bitcoin's Lightning Network could get a privacy upgrade. So this was a little bit older article, I think about 10 days ago. And it's about Bolt 12. And I'll just read some of the quotes here. Bolt 12 adds a ton of functionality to Lightning invoices. It also adds privacy, said Jack Sweeney, communication manager at LN Capital. Bolt 12 introduces offers to the Lightning Network. According to the official Bolt 12 website, offers are a precursor to an invoice that enable key functionality such as reusable QR codes, the ability to both send and receive payments, and of course, enhanced privacy. Reusable QR codes pave the way to to use cases like recurring subscriptions and donations. Send and receive functionality can now be used for Lightning ATMs and private refunds. Finally, new features like uh, route blinding, payer keys and Schnorr signatures will provide an extra layer of privacy. So big things happening on Lightning. I, that's another part of the industry I don't follow as much. I mean, it that is to me is the innovative side is, well, I mean, the mining sector and lightning, they're very innovative. That's where the innovation is really happening, I think. And I guess my speciality is more of the macro stuff, more of the money side of the economics, not necessarily the innovation side. So I tend not to concentrate so much on lightning and and mining. So anyways, uh, that is the report for this week. What else do we want to talk about? I wanted to there's a story. So Elon Musk, I've talked about him a couple times this week. And he, I guess, banned a bunch of people, or not banned, but suspended a bunch of accounts uh, that were doxing his, you know, because it all stems from his tracking of his private jet. And I guess there was some sort of harassment or stalker or attacker that jumped on the hood of his car and threatened his, his kid or something. And so he instantly came in and, and started... Band hammering on all these people, and then of course, what do the progressive journalists do? The the Marxist journalists, they jump on the bandwagon and they start trying to talk about doxing him and retweeting tweets that are questionable. And now then they're up in arms so that they got suspended. I don't know. I'll, I'll link to this. this is a good article by Jonathan Turley. He's a free speech lawyer, advocate, journalist type. He has good work. So I'll link to that. You guys can, if you're interested, if you haven't read it already, it's a good read. Um, oh, and the funny part of that, the funny part of that article is that the EU now has come down and they were the ones that just like two weeks ago were saying Elon Musk needs to censor because we can't have open and, and honest. Dialogue with people, you know, we must censor people. That's what the EU is saying, and now they're turning around saying, Oh my god, you censored people. I mean, it is so blatantly obvious, and the more they do this, the more they become obvious to the marginal person. You know, you're never going to change every heart and mind at the same time. It's about whittling away at these marginal people, and that this type of story right here is very detrimental to the progressive Marxists. It's very helpful to the free speech advocates because it gets those marginal people. It's a big chunk of marginal people, I think, uh, that are going to come in. So anyway, um, uh, that's all I got. I am going to open up the mic now for anybody to come in. Hey, Ansel. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this? Hey,
1: uh, Hey, uh, Ludwig.
0: It? Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, uh, first of all, you're the man for doing this. Uh, your content is awesome. So thanks well, for thanks. that. Uh, sorry, I'm mid workouts, I'm a little winded, but um, uh, just wondering if you had any thoughts on uh, stable coins on Bitcoin via tarot um, and what maybe some of the risks are um, if you've considered it, um, specifically like corrupting modern incentives or feeding into the transmitter license argument for nodes. So any thoughts on that? Thanks.
0: Yeah, great, great question. Two good angles. I haven't thought about this a lot. I mean, I am, I am not a, I don't really care about stable coins, good or bad. I, I think of them as dollars and they're going to, they're going to happen. They can be on Bitcoin. So they're probably going to happen. Now, that was an interesting angle that you took about if, you know, does that turn node operators into, what what's the term? Money service business or something like that. Uh, that that's that's interesting. Um, will that invite regulation? I don't think so. I think that stablecoins definitely will be regulated um, very rapidly. I think they will become formally regulated in the United States. Uh, I and I actually think that they will be forced to have like an account at the Federal Reserve or something like that. Um, Hold their reserves somewhere like the Federal Reserve, something like that. So they're going to be highly regulated. And if they are on top of Bitcoin, uh, I don't think you'll have to, well, I don't know. I haven't thought about this at all, but I would say that if it's just going through your node and stuff like that, uh, there's not going to be any problems, but they definitely will crack down just like they did back in 2014 and 2015 when everyone had to register as a money service business, uh, or money transmitter, I think is the term money transmitter. I think they'll do the same thing with businesses with these stable coins. Um, so I don't think they will worry too much about the nodes because it really doesn't make sense. Um, I don't think they will use that to try to kill Bitcoin or anything. And if they do, uh, that they'll just, you know, no companies in the United States will do that. Um, I don't think they'll ever come into your home and say, "Oh, you have a Bitcoin node, and a stablecoin transaction was just, you know, had gone through that." I don't think they'll do anything like that. So, hope that answers the question, man.
1: I, I have one question, like on the on the all the FUD. Say if Bank of America launched a campaign to, um, you know, say Wells Fargo is insolvent and tell, tell everybody to get out of Wells Fargo. Isn't there a lot of legal ramifications about slander and these Bitcoin sort of fudsters that hate all exchanges? Is there anything
0: legal that these exchanges can do? Very, very interesting question. Um, We would need to ask somebody like Joe Carloseri or some lawyer. Uh, I don't think you can go after individuals. What companies can can sue you for libel, right, and slander. So, yeah, maybe there's some stuff like that. But as long as you're saying, oh, my gosh, look at this. This is very interesting. What's going on here? I don't think they can go after you for anything like that. Um, now, the bigger question would be if, for instance, FTX or some somebody that lost a lot of money in FTX could sue Binance for something like that. Um, I don't know i don't even remember exactly what cz said but if it was libelous or slanderous or whatever then yeah you could you could go after them for under those type of things def well i don't know man i'm not a lawyer what do you think
1: i just think it's very sort of a slippery slope of people just making these accusations and there's no uh if if there's no um proof behind it the the, the this is very interesting comment that I think is good, but a lot of these aren't, this is very interesting. This is, Hey, there's something wrong here and you better get the money out. And yeah, if, if I think if this was traditional banking, you know, you Wells Fargo, whatever, if they're if you're an influencer and you said that about Wells Fargo or bank of America, they'd probably come after you.
0: Yeah. Like if Dave Portnoy said something like that, get get all your money out of wells fargo
1: yeah exactly yeah uh
0: yeah i mean like i said i'm not a lawyer it's it does seem like it would be there would be some legality there um but i guess you could always skirt it and say like i said the oh man i wouldn't have money in wells fargo Uh, then you know you can skirt those regulations but I wonder if we'll see that. I wonder if we'll see that coming up in the in the near term, uh, people talking about that. I mean, there definitely will be some sort of class action lawsuit, right, to claw back investor stuff. Now, if there's going to be a class action lawsuit to claw back stuff from uh, FTX, will there also be something, some court case against CZ or major influencers in the space? That would be uh, interesting to see. If there isn't, then I, I bet we can safely say, that it's not illegal to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean even even if I was even if I'd lose the case, if I was Binance, I'd start suing these people. So even if you're going to lose, just to scare other people from doing the same thing. Mm. Yeah. I am just surprised we haven't seen that from exchanges like take trying to at least trying to take legal action.
0: Or like suing CoinDesk cuz what uh CoinDesk was the one that broke the FTX story, right? I think that was the first, the first news outlet. So, what what if yeah, you could sue some of these um altcoin shops that are pumping altcoins.
1: Yeah, and I I think it's so sort of obvious. There's a lot of these influencers out there that's just trying to be the, the town crier or whatever and just hey, it's worth it for them to gain followers to mm. call everybody out even if It's not true.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, um, Corey Clipson has a very good record at this, though. Like, uh, I think he's like eight for eight or something like that, calling people out and then them exploding. So there are some quote-unquote influencers that have very good records at this. Now, Dylan LeClaire, like I brought up at the beginning, um, I have nothing against him. I think he was trying to, like, make sure that he could – Go back in his record. Be like, look, I was pointing out Binance back here, and I've been tweeting this long thread about Binance the whole time, and now they exploded. But if they don't explode, then you know, it doesn't hurt that he was tweeting, about, and he got he got the uh, engagement from it. So I like that tweet from Nick Batia that I posted in the Telegram yesterday, where he's like, "Oh, I didn't know this turned into Binance Twitter because everything was about Binance yesterday." All right, any other comments? It is Friday. So I have a few more things to get done here, but then I'm going to check out. And like I said, go out for dinner. I hope you guys have plans for the weekend. Hope you can spend time with friends and family. Friday is, I mean, it was my favorite day going back obviously to school, school time, but now the, as I'm having a family, I mean, it's, it's very important to spend that time with, with your loved ones. And I hope you guys have a chance to do that this weekend. And, uh, you know, unplug from Binance Twitter, (laughs) spend that quality time. So thanks for joining me guys. And I will see you on the next one. Bye. purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Andrea, founder of a boutique handbag brand, Andy, and this is why I switched to Shopify.